The Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Reaper Apparel Company. Reaper Apparel offers a casual line of superb fit, finish, and comfort. We design for those who refuse to die slowly and choose to live untamed. For those who aren't afraid to face the dark, for the ones that thrive in it, and for those who can appreciate life through a grim lens. That's Reaper Apparel Company. Go to the link in the description of this episode, use the promo code Mike Bono, and get 10% off. Also, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my own personal merch store, the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. I have hats, I have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, water bottles, notebooks, you name it, I've got it. The description and the link for that will be in the description of this episode. Also, right now, if you use the promo code WELCOME, I will give you 5% off of your first purchase. That's the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. Also, the Rod Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Tactical Brotherhood. All-American-made apparel, which helps support the Second Amendment. You can also find all this in the description of this episode with the link, Tactical Brotherhood. Part of every proceed does go to helping veterans, as it is a very good cause. All American-made products made right here in Minnesota. Go and check them out. Use the promo code PATRIOT15 to get 15% off your purchase. Now, let's start the show. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Ride Home Ranch Podcast. We have a super great and interesting episode for everyone today. Uh, as most of you know, the wonderful manager of the show, John Fitty Falcone, uh, will be joining me as a co-host today. We have a great guest for you, but first and foremost, I have to say the Ride Home Ranch podcast is brought to you by My Daily Choice, CBD, and High Life Travel. CBD some of the fastest growing products out there. They're not just oils anymore. They are into hair care. They are into skin care. There's a pet line, bath bombs, gummies. You name it, they got it. And high life travel. With the wonderful age of COVID coming to an end and the country starting to open back up again, they have all different types of packages for flights, hotels, weekend, week vacations, car rentals. You name it, they got it. Packages start as low as $29.99 a month, better than Priceline, better than Expedia, which you're running the game right now, and you can find all this at MyDailyChoice.com slash MBondaventura. That's MyDailyChoice.com slash MBondaventura. All right, now that that's out of the way, like I said, uh, I want to welcome two people to the show, Fitty as the first and ever co-host of the show, uh, been on the show before. Uh, and like I said, we got a great guest, former NFL player, has his own, uh, company that we're going to be talking about. Ricky Stanzi is on the show today. So Ricky, thank you for being on the show, buddy. Thanks for having me guys. Appreciate it. Hey, not, yeah, a, man. Welcome. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, we're, I'm going to, I'm just going to say it, super excited to talk to you. Um, I know you went to Iowa. I didn't mean to wear all my WVU gear, um, <laughs> with you going to Iowa. Um, just tended to happen. Uh, luck of the draw, I guess we could say. Um, right. So that was you, the next shirt up in the rotation. Yeah, it really was. 
it really was right on top. Just picked it up. Right on top, easy, no problems. Make just it take easy. That one. I have like seven shirts that I wear on a daily basis, and you know it's in yeah. order. This just happens to be my. That's Wednesday how you know shirt. you're dialing it in. That's a good thing. <laughs> that means you're moving in the right direction. I like to call this West Virginia Wednesday. That's what I. That's what. Okay. Means. <laughs> I like it. But anyways, uh, so you have um, a company is called Goda, greatest of all time athletes. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. What, what do you got going on? How's it work? And, you know, what are you doing? So GOTA stands for Greatest of All Time Actions by the Greatest of All Time Athletes. Um, it is a company that was started by uh, Jose Bosch and Gary Scheffler down in Marrero, Louisiana. And really the beginning of the story for GOTA starts with Gilly in his youth and growing up into his 20s when he started to have back problems. So Gilly started to have back episodes um, he kind of, you know, long story short, went on the hunt, went on a search to find out the why and uh, kind of got a breakthrough around, you know, after he worked with Peter Goskew and that helped get him out of pain. The next kind of evolution that became go to the system um, was when Gilly was able to get his hands on the iPad. And that was about 2011. Um, and now the regular person has an iPad and we can now tap into this glossary of video that's sitting there on YouTube. And, and what Gilly started to do was he started to take a look at the indigenous cultures. So the hunter gatherer tribes um, that are being documented by Nat Geo, New Atlantis, uh, the BBC, all these great documentaries that have footage of the indigenous moving in their natural setting. So he's watching the indigenous move. He's also taking a look at the crawling baby um, because Peter Goskew had talked about the late crawling baby is the one that grows up to be a superstar. So he's looking at the baby. He's looking at the indigenous. He also starts to notice that some of these super freak athletes that have been durable for a decade plus, the Michael Jordans, the Barry Sanders, the Lawrence Taylors, the Ed Reeds, the Randy Mosses, um, they're moving in this similar pattern that he's seeing with the indigenous and the babies, those closest to the source, those closest to nature. And then it kind of wraps itself uh, all the way around into the life cycle when you look at these 60 to 70 plus age groupers um, one that stands out is Ida Keeling and they're still able to compete at these track relays or triathlons and um, they're also moving inside this pattern so go to starts and, and is really the cornerstone of it is slow motion video which is what was used to decipher what are the greatest of all time actions? What's going to keep my body safe as I travel through space for a lifetime? What's going to allow me to travel through space for a lifetime and never get hurt for no apparent reason? So go to sort of aims to correct these non-contact injuries, which if you're a sports fan, a non-contact injury to you would be an ACL or an Achilles shred that takes your favorite star off the court or the field. But non-contact injuries are also what happened to Gilly. Your back implodes when you're 25. You're just a regular guy. Um, your knee needs to be replaced at age 50 or hip. Go on down the line. We all know people, maybe our own bodies, that are kind of failing us. And so there was this niche, this area that needed answers. And that's kind of what Gilly um, was seeking to, to fill. And then he meets Gary, who owns a gym, a general, you know, your basic performance gym, doing the Olympic lifts, doing the power lifts, the regular training that everybody did. And Gilly starts to show him that, hey, what you're doing with these athletes is taking away from their innate iOS, this, this pattern that nature gave to us to keep us durable. So as Gilly and Gary start to work together, they build a new system, a new way of training the human body, um, not just for athletes, but for all humans, because we don't look at it as, well, you're a football player, you're a basketball player. No, it's more like that's a hip. 
that's an ankle, that's a foot. They're designed a certain way. An axe, a spade, a shovel, they're all designed a certain way because they have a specific technology. They have a task to do. So we kind of show people that map and we show them where they're at currently. And then we show them how we're going to get them back to their innate way to get rid of the injuries or to take a potential future injury off the table. Man, I just got to say, like, that's awesome, first and foremost, but that might be the most thorough answer I think we've ever had to a question on the show. You just answered, like, my next four questions. Like, you just... Yeah, Yeah, I, I I tend to happen. Hey, you're on the Ride Home Rants podcast. We invite all types of rants, happy rants, uh, business Hello. rants. You know, by all means, this this is a show for ranting. This is the place to do that. This is absolutely yeah. the place to do that. I'm sure Fiddy okay. can attest to that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. How- so, but that, that, that was probably the most thorough answer I've ever heard in my <laughs> entire working life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so... Yeah, that, that takes care of, uh, of uh, the Gota, but I guess one other question was, what made you land on that name? And did you test out <laughs> other names for this beforehand? Well, that's I, I come to Gota after the name is there. Okay. So I kind of, my story with Gota really, I guess you'd say, started back when, I can kind of segue into the NFL here if that works, yeah. but I, I 2011, I'm leaving Iowa And I start to kind of question my own biomechanics from a throwing standpoint specifically. It's kind of where I started a deep dive. And I started to work with Tom Martinez, who was Tom Brady's throwing coach since he was a young kid, since he was about 12 um, in the California area. So I started to work with Tom and he kind of, you know, pulled back the veil a little bit and opened the door to this world of biomechanics where I was kind of taking another, a deeper look into the throw. So I was searching for really my whole career. I, I didn't, you know, get a chance to, to get on the field to play because I was struggling with my own movement. So my own struggles when I get into the NFL and trying to figure out what am I missing that's, you know, not allowing me to make these throws. It's not allowing me to play consistent. That's putting me in tough positions when it comes time for roster cuts. You know, what is that that I'm missing? So that was really my drive that, that pushed me just to really lift up every rock and look around every corner to try to find that it, what, what is it? Okay. What am I missing? What are the other guys doing right that I'm doing wrong? So I'm looking for that whole decade, really just kind of trying to understand. And I'm really falling in love with human movement during that process. And then when I finally do, you know, finally get cut for the last time and I'm in Canada and I I know that I want to train, I want to train people. I want to help the next generation do things better, not make the same mistakes. I start to look around on IG at people that are talking about some of the same things that I had been looking into a couple concepts being like spinal engine and and what the indigenous do getting back to that hunter gatherer. And there was a few books that pushed me into that world. And then to see that Gilly was talking about it, that was where I was, I reached out and I want, I wanted to chat with them more. And they were kind of just starting it up. It was really year three, two or three that it was kind of just getting going. And so it just kind of meshed up at the right time. and, And it was one of those things where, I think you're just thinking about it so much that it just manifests right. itself and everybody meets together and it just works the way that it's supposed to. And we've been kind of driving the foot on the pedal ever since. Yeah. I mean, that that's awesome. So that that's a great segue uh, into your time in the NFL. Um, I know one, just getting onto a roster in the NFL is the hardest thing really. And just to get that trial, Fiddy has uh, even tried out himself 
you know, back when he could run and gun too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw it in there. Seven, seven years ago, man, I was 27 the last time <laughs> I uh, tried out with the arena league. I'm old now. Yeah. That's, I, I had to get that stab in there. Cause you know, I, <laughs> you know, I couldn't pass that opportunity up. Um, but yeah, so what really drove you towards the NFL? I mean, I know everyone, I mean, I, I played high school football and everything like that. I was like, you know what? I want to go to the NFL. And then right. by my junior year, I just kind of realized, Hey, I don't have the athletic ability to make it in the NFL. I'm a slow white receiver. And so it's just, I, I can get you like, seven yards and but that's about I'm <laughs> that's that, right yeah. I'm that possession guy you need seven yards for a first Gosh, round yeah. throw in Mike Bonner I like to catch but right. I mean uh, I just knew it wasn't in the cards uh plus I also swam uh too as well competitively uh but what drove you towards the NFL um I mean I think like any kid you, you grow up you know if if football is kind of present in your life from the beginning it's something that you fall in love with and that's really what it was for me my dad is a, is a huge football fan so growing up it was always kind of at the forefront you know sports in general but more so football and so there was a love from an early age and I can definitely say it wasn't always you know the greatest I remember in second grade our team like we went like 0 and 18 so like the first like three years of sports for me as, as a football player was just like associated with losing associated with I don't want to be out there I'm one of the small kids I'm getting beat up so you know at the beginning it wasn't great but as you kind of <clears throat> play the game more and, and you start to find your you know the people that you admire in the pros and you become a bigger fan of the game I think it just kind of rolls into that stage, like you said, at high school is really where it kind of becomes like, okay, I might have a shot at a D1 scholarship, you know, and like that was always a dream and something that you work towards as, you know, kind of sixth, seventh, eighth grade is you really think I want to want to go do that. Um, but high school was really that first shot where I was like, after sophomore year, junior, senior, I'm like, okay, I got a shot at D1 here. And then once you're there, it's, you know, can I get on the field and can I put enough tape out there to give myself a shot? And I was like anybody else, you dream of playing in the NFL, but at the same time, I also knew that like each step had to be completed and you can't really look forward until you kind of knock that, that next step off. So it's like you get to the high school level and I remember being like, man, I'm never going to play here. Then you eventually play. Then you get to the college level and you're like, man, I, these guys are just so much better. And then you push yourself. And then the same thing at the NFL, you realize that there's just another level you've got to push through. And, and that was kind of what led me searching for my own shortcomings there, which led me to what I do now. So I'm always very thankful for that, that mentality of when I get there and it's that white belt mentality, I got to find things to make me better. So it was always a dream as a kid, but it kind of became something that made a little more sense when I was a junior and senior. I'm like, I'm getting offers or looked at for basketball, but you're a six, four white kid that can't really dribble that well. And your shot's not that awesome. So like, your better shot is to go play quarterback. You're, you know, you're tall, you can throw it. Like that's your chance to go make some money. Like you should be as a parent. When I, t when I talk to their, to parents and stuff, I'm like, find what your kid has the design to go do. You know, I'm not going to go play wide receiver because I don't run a four, four. I don't have that speed. I don't have that shot or whatever it is that I need for that skill. But you can find something that works for your body type and something that works for your skill set, and you can just keep dialing that in. Um, there's a nice blend of that plus letting kids be kids. I think there is a sort of over-specialization at, at 
this current spot in um, youth sports. But for me, it was the, the usual dream. Just want to play as a young kid and then just kind of became more realistic as I got older. Yeah. Little side note on that with uh, pushing your kids towards what their their body type is made for. That is probably the one main reason I became a competitive swimmer. And I was 6'4". I graduated high school at 155 pounds, so mm-hmm. not the biggest, leanest kid in the world, but I'm long, I'm lanky, I, you know. And my parents taught me how to swim. We were on vacation. I think I was like six or seven. And my mom just kind of pushed me into the pool. I've never been in a pool before. And she's, he's going to sink or swim. And, you know, and I swam and actually became an Olympic hopeful until I hurt my shoulder. And then that was it for the swimming career. Now I coach swimming. So, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, I can keep giving back, but. I think that's awesome. I see the kids. I got kids from 6 to 18 on my team, and it's just telling them, dude, you're going to be a butterflyer. Why? You got yeah, a, right. you got a you wingspan yeah. that's eight foot long, man. Like, come on. Like, that's built for butterfly. You, right. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but you're severely duck-footed. That's the exact foot position you need for the breaststroke. Like, you're going to be like – and they just – I don't want to do that. I, I, I know you don't right. want to. Nobody wants to do those strokes. They're the hardest too. Yeah. But like, right. that's what you're built for. Like trying to right. get that message out to them, I think, is key for all parents. So for just a little sidebar, uh, if there's any parents, new parents listening to this show here, that's what you need to do with your kids. I'm telling you, it will help out tremendously. And I know we haven't had him on much here. Uh, so I'm actually going to turn the show over to my man, John Fitty Falcone, to handle the rest of this for us. <laughs> no, thanks, Bono. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Ricky, I, re- I remember you when playing at Iowa when I was at Bethany with uh, with Bono. I mean, I did football there and I did track there. So being a Western PA guy, we always knew about who the really good Eastern Ohio guys were. So um, <laughs> I, I, do, I do remember you, you know, um, at Iowa. That was, that was cool that we're, you know, we were playing college football at the same time, except you're at a division one school, at a division three school. So, but it's still there, man. It's still a grind. You know, it. it's, it's still a grind. And, and, you know, it's funny that you said that because the, uh, school that we went to Bethany, I actually worked there in admissions and I coached college football for a while. And our head coach used to stay. And I didn't believe it at first. And then I did it towards the end that, Playing Division Three football, in a sense, was harder than playing Division One because you had to go do everything on your own without strength mm-hmm. coaches watching you and being on campus in the summer. And, and you know, Division Three having the no contact period all summer long, and you had to do it on your own. You know, with you know, with your your limited tutors and access and stuff like that. And I never believed it at first, and I'm like, mm-hmm. as I got older, I'm like, you know what? There might be some truth to that, and it might be just a oh, yeah. tad bit harder. We just didn't have the resources, like. A division two to a division one team. So, oh yeah, the uh, resources do jump. The resources do jump, and we were at Iowa the whole year. And you're always you're there at six in the morning till six at night, sometimes even later. So yeah, it, it's a grind. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I look back at it sometimes, and I'm like, man, how did I even do this? Right. <laughs> like, oh yeah, this was hard. <laughs> yeah, this was hard. So, you know, we, we know you played at Iowa. Um, you, you know, you came out of a late Catholic here in Menor. So, um, you know, when you were getting recruited and, and the schools were looking at you, you know, what other schools besides Iowa were you can really considering attending, uh, you know, both for football and you said you're getting some looks for basketball. 
you know, what was your deciding factor and where were you looking? Yeah, the um, football was really, it started with Mac schools. So kind of being in Ohio, a lot of the Mac schools were kind of the first ones to, to jump on board. Akron was my first offer. Um, and then, you know, Akron, Kent State, um, BG, Miami of Ohio was a school that offered that I was very interested in. So it really came down to Miami of Ohio and Iowa. There were a few other Big Ten teams in there, but they weren't as serious as Iowa was. Um, and so it kind of just boiled down to Miami of Ohio and Iowa. I visited Miami of Ohio, really loved it. The campus is beautiful, loved the coach, loved everything about it. Um, but went to Iowa and, and I just loved the Big Ten a little bit more. I think it was just having grown up watching Big Ten football and, and knowing a little bit about Iowa, having watched them just a little bit as, you know, you get a lot of, you get to watch a lot of Big Ten football when you're in this region. So I knew a little bit about them and just knew that they had great fans and, and an awesome stadium to play in. I just, I wanted to play in that, in that conference. So it was really kind of a done deal for, for me once I got on campus at Iowa. And it just, um, that offer didn't really come till senior year. Um, so I just was kind of waiting to see how things, how the chips fell. And it's a little different these days. You know, it's kind of a bigger process, the recruiting that it was when, when we were coming out, but, um, it was a, it was a good situation. Um, that just kind of it, I was letting it play out and I didn't want to make a, make a rush decision after I had first offer with Akron. I was like, let's sign. And my dad's like, just relax. Like you're, <laughs> you just finished your junior year. Let this thing play out. And so I kind of was just listening to my parents and listening to you know people, people closest to me and, and just wait until kind of the dust settled. And then Iowa was pretty easy after going there on campus, the big 10 and then meeting coach Ferentz and coach O'Keefe. That was what really sealed the deal for me. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, I, I, you know, kind of knew some of this stuff from before because I'm a big college football fan, although I'm a big Hawaii fan. Cole Brennan, rest in peace, was my, mm-hmm. my, my favorite guy growing up. That, that right, Hawaii son. running that offense with him and even, um, you know, when June Jones was started there with the guys they had before, I mean, it was awesome. So uh, I'm a Hawaii fan, but I've watched, I've watched everybody, but, um, you know, I know a couple of things about you that really stood out was you are you are three and oh first top five teams in the country during your time when you played. Um, and you were three and oh versus, you know, NFL, you know, long term quarterback here, Kirk Cousins. And uh, um, also you went three and oh against uh, Joe Paterno. So, you know, some fun facts there, um, you know, about you and stuff that was just really cool. And, uh, you know, that that's something I think you know most people would would wish they could do. Um, but you know, that you did, it was definitely an awesome experience. So, you know, with that, like, what were some of your, you know, favorite memories of some of the teams that you played or other quarterbacks or, you know, defensive ends that were bearing down on you, you know, what, what are some of your favorite things from that? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the whole process of going through, through college ball, it really looking back on it, it was, it's quite a blast. Um, you know, I met my best friends for life going through that process. Um, still close to them this day. So I, I really enjoyed the whole process from a game standpoint. The one that always kind of sticks out to me is in 2008 when we beat Penn state at our place, because we had, I think lost three games in a row. It's at some point that season, we were struggling to find an identity. Um, the two years before that were 
the way didn't go the way we wanted them to. So that season was kind of like, what's going to happen here at this at this midway point or this last quarter? So we got that win, and that kind of like catapulted. What it felt like, it kind of pushed our team in a different direction, and then we were able to follow it up that next season with the 2009 season that led to the Orange Bowl. So that game always stands out. Um, as far as specific players, you know, a guy that everyone knows is J.J. Watt, and he was someone who wasn't highly recruited, um, but just has an absolute motor and a, and a you know football intelligence and, and one of the great defensive ends probably of all time. So I do remember having to know where is that guy <laughs> because he's going to create havoc um, at some point in this game. So, you know, the Big Ten, is, it's a physical conference. There's a lot of physical football players. There's a lot of tough front sevens. Um, there's a lot of great back ends that, that will challenge you. So we were in a lot of tight football games, which was, is a lot of fun um, because everything went down to the wire. And, you know, it, it's fun to be in that competitive environment, whether you're at home or on the road. I mean, some of those road games are just as memorable as the, as the home games. Obviously, the atmosphere at Kinnick is, is unmatched, but there's something great about going into, um, in a way, stadium and, and stealing a win, especially when, you know, you're an underdog or it looks like you're not going to be able to do that. So a lot of great memories and, and a lot of fun times uh, at Iowa, for sure. Absolutely, for sure. So I know you were there for five years because you did take a redshirt year your first year, correct? So, um, and I know you played on, you were a part of numerous uh, bowl teams. If I'm correct, you went to a bowl game your redshirt uh, year, you guys were at a bowl, and then your sophomore, junior, senior year, and you didn't go to a bowl your freshman year. Is that correct? Yeah, we missed the bowl in 07. 06 was Alamo, 08 was Outback, Orange, and then Insight. Yep, that's, so that's what I've seen. So, you know, how was that going to you know, really four bowl, you know, being a part of four bowl teams and, you know, five years and, and winning three consecutive bowl games and an orange bowl. I mean, no one wins an orange bowl that you really ever talked to in life and you won an orange bowl, but you also were a part of four bowl teams and three victories. You know, what was that like experiencing that? Yeah. As of, you know, the first year we went to Alamo bowl, the bowl experience was wild. You know, you, there's always bowl gifts or you're traveling as a team. You're in this cool area. You know, you're down in San Antonio, you're, you're there for a full week. So it's a cool trip. It's a cool, um, uh, event to be a part of just the, the, the idea of putting on a bowl game. And so the orange bowl was kind of like an even bigger celebration of that. So, um, it was, you know, I think it speaks back to, what coach Ferentz did such a good job of was keeping us focused on the task at hand, focused on one game at a time. That bowl season can be tough because there's that little stretch there where you've got time to prepare. So it's easy to kind of slack there. It's tough to get a, a nice schedule that ramps everything up right until game time. And the orange bowl was an even tougher situation because it was a January bowl. So it's pushed back a little bit more, but I just remember the preparation um, in those, you know, in those bowl games, in those weeks leading up, everybody just dialing it in a little bit, trying to kind of enjoy where you are, but not let it, you know, distract you. And it always felt like a business trip. Um, and once the game was over, it was like, okay, now you can relax. But up until that point, you're trying to weigh that enjoying where you are, but knowing that there's a game coming up and, and not losing, um, focus so coach Ferentz did a great job of getting us ready and I think that's what allowed us to uh to, to win so many bowl games we'll be back after a quick break big labia energy what if I eat a little cheese every day <laughs> just keep it it's like I have a tolerance yeah for cheese Good same job, with cats. Your tolerance 
Like if I pet a cat every day for the first week or two. I thought you were going to say if I eat a cat a little bit every day, <laughs> starting at the tail and just ate a little bit, then I'd be fine. But if I didn't eat a cat for three months. I would totally start at the face. Why yeah. would you start at the tail? If someone put a gun to my head and said, eat this cat. I'm trying to think of we're an acceptable talking about scenario. a feline, right? <laughs> oh, did you think I was talking about pussy? Maybe. It could go there. I don't want to eat a cat. I want to eat a pussy. <laughs> Awesome. That's definitely awesome. So, well, no, we uh, we appreciate all the insight on that because not too many people, like I said, get to play in bowl games, let alone win an orange bowl and be right. a part of all those those bowl victories. So that's awesome. So, so Bono, what do you think? Do you think it's ready for the uh, the, the fast five fifty questions here? Uh yeah, I th- I think we're we're ready for those here. Um, yeah, I. Okay, so Ricky, these are like kind of the first times I'm hearing these questions too. So I mean, Fitty just yeah, kind of came up with these. We came up with the concept. I was like, all right, bro, roll with it. So I'm going to be just as shocked as you. So let's see, let's see what my man's yeah, got. Yeah, here we go. So okay, <laughs> so first question is because I, I live in Willoughby, love Willoughby. I, I know you're you're an Eastern uh, or Northeast Ohio guy. You know, band from Menor. Favorite place to eat in Menor. In Menor area. Oh, geez. Um, well, I'd say, you know, I was looking, thinking downtown Willoughby, I was going to say Wild Goose, but in the Menor area, shoot, we always go over to that Chipotle over there. I don't, we don't go out very much because I got three kids <laughs> under the age of six. So everything's a freaking home cooked meal at this point. But I'm going to, wait, I can't do what's in Menor over there. Okay. What, okay. Yeah. If if we do I'm, want to I'm, eat, I'm, it's I'm, downtown Willoughby. Okay, I I, I love uh, I love downtown Willoughby. That's my that's my place. But I do love the yeah. Happy Moose Manor, so that's why I had to ask. Okay, okay. So well, then, hey, I'll put it on the list. <laughs> you got to try it then. Try to get the kids um, ready to go there. The rotation. Know? Right. Absolutely. Uh, second question: Favorite thing to do in Cleveland for for you and I get you know including your family. Yeah, I, you know, we actually just went to do this was go to an Indians game. It was a blast. We were able to, um, to get to the ballpark with the kids. We took the two boys, uh, my boys, Lenny and Mickey, Lenny's six, Mickey's four. Um, they were all fired up. Like they thought it was the coolest thing ever. And, and they got to see a couple home runs and eat some hot dogs and some popcorn. And, um, that was kind of probably one of our first trips out into the city with the kids, you know, to kind of show them a game. So, uh, we really enjoyed that, and I think that's something that we'd probably want to do more of and, and, and maybe even get to a Browns game with them. Um, the kids are at that age where they're starting to enjoy sports, so that was a real fun fun event. Awesome. Um, third question was, uh, best high school team you ever played against when you were, when you were playing? Or toughest high school <laughs> football team, I should say. Toughest high school football team. Um you know, we played it. We played an Archbishop Hoban team that had Tyrell Sutton on it in what well, must have been 2004, maybe 2005. And um, he ran for like, I want to say 300, 380 yards and like five touchdowns or something silly. And it was just this like awesome back and forth game. But that was one of our tougher opponents that, that we would play um, on the regular, not only in football, uh, but in basketball was was Hoban. Okay. Uh, fourth question is favorite sport, and you can't say football. Golf. Okay. 
Wow. Yeah, how about that bottom golf? golf? This is the quickest answer you've given yet, Ricky. I'm just golf done. Yes. Like golf. That was I, I don't eat in matter. I don't can't remember. I never go out. So all these questions are just not I'm sorry that I'm a boring person other than Goda. I really I can only answer questions on Goda and Iowa, and then everything else I just become the most boring person that you'll ever talk to. I mean, my answer was Chipotle for food. Like I don't like that's I can only because I'm like the one in Willoughby's terrible, so I'm like, we're going to the Menor one. I'm like, we're going to drive out to Menor. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to eat in Willoughby just because it's closer. But yeah, okay. So that's that, that's my my quickest answer is golf. It's my it's what I felt. I've fallen in love with it. It's kind of like my you know second half of my life sport that I can now you know go crazy about and dive into, like I did with football in the front half. But you know, obviously less sweat and, and, and more beers on the course. So I, I enjoy golf a lot and it's, um, it's become probably my favorite thing to do. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Now, if you were not a pro athlete and you didn't take this Avenue in your life, what would, what would your job have been? You think? Hmm. I don't know. I, I, I always liked what I do now, which is teach. And I think I, I would have probably found something that I wanted to teach um, at, at some point. I always kind of liked the idea of being a gym teacher when I was growing up. I'm like, this is a pretty cool gig. Sweats and Jordan shoes, and we could just get to play dodgeball all day. <laughs> so I think some sort of teaching avenue um, is probably, um, you know, where I would have gone even sooner. Um, so I still kind of see myself football is interesting because it's it's over so soon in in your life really when you look at the long term so i think teaching or um you know something in 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 the field of coaching coaching teaching somewhere along those lines would have um been something that i would have enjoyed i mean going to college i wasn't going there for anything other than football so as far as studies were concerned it was like general business and i don't even do that now so <laughs> i never had like my mind was never thinking like oh i can't wait for that nine to five it was like Dude, i'm playing football until i can't and then i'm gonna go teach do something i love okay so no we appreciate that it was like we said the first time we did the uh the Fitty Fast Five questions. So, you know, Bono, hopefully we can keep it for the shows going forward for you. But, Absolutely. Ricky, thanks for taking taking the time. To yeah, thanks for, thanks for working through me with those. I mean, that was, I know it was a little painful with the, I was hoping you were going to say Willoughby at the beginning. I had all sorts of answers for that. <laughs> he was prepared for Willoughby. <laughs> like, hey, you know what? Like, I can't even, I there's like an outback over there in an olive garden. You just say that. <laughs> Well, I, I will. I will say Willoughby is a very interesting place. I've told my friends since I've been up here. I'm like, dude, they have like 50 restaurants, and I'm not even lying. Yeah. Like between fast food and mom and pops and like commercial stuff, it's like 50 restaurants. There's a lot of chains in Manor, but when you get to Willoughby, it's like these new spots that you're you're only going to see in downtown Willoughby. So it's you know, and we know we know the community. We know the people that that work at these bars and then the people that own these these shops. So. Um, when we do get the time to go out, we love going to that area to walk from our house. So it, it really is a cool right. spot, especially when you have young kids. Absolutely. 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 And, you know, I, I could sit here and talk to you two all day, but, you know, my, my Zoom here is telling me we got about four minutes and 50 seconds before it kicks us off the call here because, you know, I just haven't upgraded yet. I'm just waiting to, to do that and we only got a limited amount of time plus we're running down near the end of the episode um but first and foremost this was a great show fitty being the first ever co-host of the show again 
uh, best manager alive for the for the Ride Home Rants podcast, John Fitty Falcone. And Ricky, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't I can't say it enough for you coming onto the show. We really appreciate it. Like I said, me and Johnny Fitty here, we, we were we were super pumped to talk to you. Uh, and believe it or not, your your fast fifty five or fifty five, however he he phrases it there, went off a lot better than I thought it was going to. Um, I, I I still like the quick golf, like it's like it was like a lightning round question. Like it was just yeah. That. I'm like, I'm answering one of these things fast for him. <laughs> I'm going to go fast for one of the, If I can get one out fast, I'm going to go ahead with it and help him out a little bit here. But, yeah, thank you, thank you uh, for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, and as always, for all the uh, current listeners, but for the new listeners, if you like the show, be a friend, tell a friend. If you don't, and you know what, tell them anyways. They, uh, they might like it just because you don't. Uh, doesn't mean that you have the same opinions, but... Be a friend, tell a friend, uh, and as always, we will see y'all next week. The Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by Dubby Energy. Energy drinks made for gamers, streamers, and podcasters alike. For gamers, streamers, and podcasters alike. Go to the link in the description where you can find the best energy drinks out there. Less caffeine than a cup of coffee. Also, no jitters and no crash afterwards. Use the promo code Mike Bono and get yourself 10% off. Also, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my favorite sponsor of the show, and that is Shankit Golf. Golf apparel made for the everyday golfer. We might not go out and shoot a six under par. We're probably going to shoot a six over par. But this is going to give us the gear that's going to help us rock it on and off of the course. Go to the link in the bio. Use the promo code Mike Bono and get yourself 10% off there as well.